Section 8 of The Reconciliation of Races and Religions by Thomas Kelly Chain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Section 7. Certainly, it was a notable journey, diversified by happy meetings with friends and inquirers at Kashan, Khanlaq, Zanjan, Milan, and Tabriz. At Kashan, the Bab saw for the first time that fervent disciple who afterwards wrote the history of early Babism, and his equally true-hearted brother, merchants, both of them. In fact, Mirza Jani bribed the chief of the escort to allow him for two days the felicity of entertaining God's messenger. Footnote, same as above, pages 213-214, end footnote. Khanlaq has also, though a mere village, its honourable record, for there the Bob was first seen by two splendid youthful heroes. Footnote, same as above, pages 96-101, to 101, end footnote. Reza Khan, best hated of all the Babis, and Mirza Hossein Ali, better known as Baha'u'llah, at Milan, which the Bab calls one of the regions of paradise. As Mirza Jani states, quote, two hundred persons believed and underwent a true and sincere conversion. End quote. Footnote, same as above, page 221. Surely these conversations were due not to a supposed act of miraculous healing, but to the majesty and dignity of God's messenger. The people were expecting a messiah, and here was a personage who came up to the ideal they had formed. End footnote. What meetings took place at Zanjan and Tabriz, the early Babi historian does not report. Later on, Zanjan was a focus of Babite propagandism. But just then, the apostle of the Zanjan movement was summoned to Tehran. For Tabriz, a remarkable cure is reported. Footnote NH, page 226, end footnote. And as a natural consequence, we hear of many conversions. The Bob was specially favoured in the chief of his escort, who, in the course of the journey, was fascinated by the combined majesty and gentleness of his prisoner. His name was Muhammad Beg, and his moral portrait is thus limned by Mirza Jani. Quote, he was a man of kindly nature and amiable character, and became so sincere and devoted a believer that whenever the name of His Holiness was mentioned, he would incontinently burst into tears, saying, I scarce reckon as life the days when to me thou wert all unknown, but by faithful service for what remains I may still for the past atone. End quote. It was the wish, both of the Bulb and of this devoted servant, that the master should be allowed to take up his residence under surveillance at Tabriz, where there were already many friends of God. But such was not the will of the Shah and his vizier, who sent word to Khanlaq, 
Footnote, Khanlek is situated about six parasangs from Tehran. NH, page 216. It is in the province of Azerbaijan. End footnote. That the governor of Tabriz, Prince Bahman Mirza, should send the Bab in charge of a fresh escort to the remote mountain fortress of Maku. The faithful Muhammad Beg made two attempts to overcome the opposition of the governor, but in vain. How indeed could it be otherwise? All that he could obtain was leave to entertain the Bab in his own house, where some days of rest were enjoyed. I wept much at his departure, says Muhammad. No doubt the Bab often missed his respectful escort. He had made a change for the worse, and when he came to the village at the foot of the steep hill of Marku, he found the inhabitants, quote, ignorant and coarse, end quote. It may, however, be reasonably surmised that before long the point of wisdom changed his tone, and even thanked God for his sojourn at Marku, for though strict orders had come from the vizier that no one was to be permitted to see the bulb, any one whom the illustrious captive wished to converse with had free access to him. Most of the time which remained was occupied with writing. His secretary was with him. More than one hundred thousand verses are said to have come from that supreme pen. By miracles, the bulb set little store. In fact, the only supernatural gift which he much valued was that of inditing quote, signs or verses which appear to have produced a similar thrilling effect to those of the great arabian prophet but in the second rank he must have valued a power to soothe and strengthen the nervous system which we may well assign to him and we can easily believe that the lower animals were within the range of this beneficent faculty let me mention one of the horse stories which have gathered round the gentle form of the bulb. Footnote AMB, page 371. End footnote. It is given neither in the Balbi nor in the Muslim histories of this period, but it forms a part of a good oral tradition, and it may supply the key to those words of the Bulb in his letter to Muhammad Shah. Footnote same as above, pages 249-250, end footnote. Quote, Finally the sultan, that is, the shah, ordered that I should journey towards Marku, without giving me a horse that I could ride. End quote. We learn from the legend that an officer of the shah did call upon the bob to ride a horse which was too vicious for any ordinary person to mount. Whether this officer was really, as the legend states, Ali Khan, the warden of Marku, who wished to test the claims of Ali Muhammad by offering him a vicious young horse and watching to see whether Ali Muhammad or the horse would be victorious, is not of supreme importance. What does concern us is that many of the people believed that by a virtue which resided in the bulb, it was possible for him 
to soothe the sensitive nerves of a horse so that it could be ridden without injury to the rider there is no doubt however that ali khan the warden of the fortress was one of that multitude of persons who were so thrilled by the bob's countenance and bearing that they were almost prompted thereby to become disciples it is highly probable too that just now there was a heightening of the divine expression on that unworldly face derived from an intensification of the inner life in earlier times ali muhammad had avoided claiming mahdiship messiahship publicly to the people at large he was not represented as the manifested twelfth imam but only as the gate or means of access to that more than human still existent being to disciples of a higher order ali muhammad no doubt disclosed himself as he really was but like a heavenly statesman he avoided inopportune self-revelations now however the religious conditions were becoming different owing in some cases to the indiscretion of disciples in others to a craving for the revolution of which the twelfth imam was the traditional instrument there was a growing popular tendency to regard mirza ali muhammad as a return of the twelfth imam who was by force of arms to set up the divine kingdom upon earth it was this indeed which specially promoted the early balbi propagandism and which probably came up for discussion at the badasht conference in short it had become a pressing duty to enlighten the multitude on the true objects of the bab even we can see this we who know that not much more than three years were remaining to him the bab too had probably a presentiment of his end this was why he was so eager to avoid a continuance of the great misunderstanding he was indeed the twelfth imam who had returned to the world of men for a short time but he was not a mahdi of the islamic type a constant stream of tablets letters flowed from his pen in this way he kept himself in touch with those who could not see him in the flesh but there were many who could not rest without seeing the divine manifestation pilgrims seemed never to cease and it made the bob still happier to receive them this stream of tablets and of pilgrims could not however be exhilarating to the shah and his minister they complained to the castle warden and bade him be a stricter jailer but ali khan too was under the spell of the gate of knowledge or as one should rather say now the point or climax of prophetic revelation for so the word of prophecy directed that he should be called so the order went forth that ali muhammad should be transferred to another castle that of chehriq footnote strictly six or eight months 
February or April to December 1847 at Maku, and two and a half years at Chehrik, December 1847 to July 1850. End footnote. At this point, a digression seems necessary. The Bob was well aware that a primary need of the new fraternity was a new Qur'an. This he produced in the shape of a book called the Bayan Exposition. Unfortunately, he adopted from the Muslims the unworkable idea of a sacred language, and his first contributions to the new divine library, for the new Qur'an ultimately became this, were in Arabic, these were a commentary on the Surah of Yusuf, Joseph, and the Arabic Bayan. The language of these, however, was a barrier to the laity, and so the first believer wrote a letter to the Bab enforcing the necessity of making himself intelligible to all. This seems to be the true origin of the Persian Bayan. A more difficult matter is Ali Muhammad's very peculiar consciousness, which reminds us of that which the fourth gospel ascribes to Jesus Christ. In other words, Ali Muhammad claims for himself the highest spiritual rank. As for me, he said, quote, I am that point from which all that exists has found existence. I am that face of God which dieth not. I am that light which doth not go out. He that knoweth me is accompanied by all good. He that repulseth me hath behind him all evil. End quote. Footnote AMB, page 369. It is also certain that in comparatively early writings intended for steadfast disciples, Ali Muhammad already claims the title of point, that is, point of truth, or of divine wisdom, or of the divine mercy. Footnote Bayan Arab, page 206, end footnote. It is noteworthy that just here we have a very old contact with Babylonian mythology. Point is, in fact, a mythological term. It springs from an endeavour to minimise the materialism of the myth of the divine dwelling place. That ancient myth asserted that the earth mountain was the divine throne. Not so, said an early school of theosophy. God, that is, the God who has a bodily form and manifests the hidden glory, dwells on a point in the extreme north, called by the Babylonians, quote, the heaven of Anu, end quote. The point, however, that is, the god of the point, may also be entitled the gate, that is, the avenue to God in all his various aspects. To be the point, therefore, is also to be the gate. Ali, the cousin and son-in-law of Muhammad, was not only the gate of the city of knowledge, but, according to words assigned to him in a hadith, quote, the guardian of the treasures of secrets and of the purposes of God, end quote. Footnote AMB, page 142, end footnote.
End of section 8.